Well, welcome to this week's show, Get Connected. It's AJ Vickery and Andy Barrar sitting in uh, to host the show this week. Uh, exciting show coming up for you today. I don't know how everybody's doing with their, um, you know, the the resolutions that they made uh, this year. A lot of them are often getting into the gym and working out and keeping healthy and staying fit. Well, uh, are you keeping up with those? Myself? Well, everybody. <laughs> everybody. <laughs> I don't know if you made a resolution, but if you had, and uh, and if you are really interested in fitness, then we've got a really interesting guest for you today. Uh, the folks at uh, Mio Global are coming on to talk to us about really cool wearable technology that really goes beyond some of the other stuff that we've seen right now. And literally, um, their claim is that if this will add years to your life with a device that you wear on your wrist. Looks like a watch, but we'll tell you lots about that coming up. Later on in the show, we're also going to go open line and take your questions. If you have any uh, thing that you're thinking about buying or if you have any tech support that you need, we'll be opening up the line so you can dial in. Uh, Mike Agarbo uh, away this weekend. He uh, is out in the mountain areas. He's in a, a Todd Mountain Sun Peaks area. And uh, I heard rumors that um, he's demoing that Lily um, drone. That he's skiing down the mountain with a drone that follows him, that films him the whole way. Really? I I, I don't know. I, I, we got to watch his Facebook and see if there's any sort of drone shots from that. I would I would love to see that footage. Yeah, <laughs> especially if he falls, that'd be even funnier. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you know, we get we get to try out lots of uh, tech uh, and and play with lots of toys, and that's why we like to talk to you about all the things that those do this week. Speaking of uh, tech, uh, we were talking last week about car technology, mm -hmm. and one of the uh, conversations we were talking about was Google and. Uh, their sort of forward movement and having cars that self-drive. But along the lines of car tech, did you see um, uh, a new technology that I noticed for, from Ford that's actually coming out in, they're, they're talking about being in their 2017 Fusion model. It's a, uh, it's a pothole detector. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so, so how does that work? So this is actually really cool. So they've essentially built in a number of sensors into the uh, into the underside of the car that surrounds the wheel, and they actually take measurements from the road as you're traveling at any speed. And every two milliseconds, these uh, sensors send information uh, back to the the brain of the car, which then controls the dampening. So if there's if it detects a pothole, rather than allowing the tire to completely drop. Uh, into that pothole, uh, it actually will save it from from doing that. Therefore, uh, saving some of the wheel and uh, the rim. And I think just about everybody has driven over a pothole at some point in time. It's it's not fun. No. It and it comes kind of unsuspectingly. Like you you might miss it. Sometimes you can see it. Sometimes you can't. So that's an interesting use of technology to basically uh, prevent you having to drive, I guess, into a pothole and do any kind of damage to your vehicle. Well, you know, Andy, we've been doing this show for, for a number of years. I mean, I hate to even say how far it goes back, but it's but it's over a decade. And, you know, back in the beginning, all we would talk about is pretty much Windows-based computers and yep. some of the programs that were coming out and things that people could do, you know, at their computer in their home. And obviously, over the past few years, um, that's changed significantly. And certainly now, I think a huge part of our show is, is taken up with mobile technology, talking about phones and things. But... Um, but the car technology is really just getting started, you know, and I think that's an exciting area uh, for us to watch grow. 
Well, look at uh, the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas. Yes. If you look at the last five years, that car department, they have a whole quadrant for car tech. It's just gotten bigger and bigger and bigger. And what's interesting is the Detroit Auto Show is the following week. But the car manufacturers aren't waiting for the the Detroit Auto Show to make announcements. They're making all their big announcements at the Consumer Electronics Show because of all the technology that's inside it. It's actually funny that you brought that up because um, I got to chat chat with a few of the folks that follow car car, – uh, news and they were at CES and and they were just blown away by how amazing the Consumer Electronics Show is. Um, and then in comparison, I asked them, "Well, what's the Detroit show like?" And they're just like, "It's nothing like this." I mean, this is just this is just unbelievable. Well, like, yeah, you're right because the the car tech is a show in of itself yeah. at the Consumer Electronics Show. Like, yeah. we we barely scratch the surface when we walk through there because there's so much other stuff we're trying to cover. But it, each year, I tell you, over the last five years, I've seen more and more car technology come and be announced there at Las Vegas. Absolutely. So uh, speaking of car tech, uh, Nissan is doing something kind of cool as well that I read about. Um, and actually, they're taking technology that was built for the cars and applying it to the office space. I don't know if you had a chance to see this or not, but um, self-parking office chairs. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I did see this. It's, now, I might, think it's a prototype. I don't think they're actually going to start creating self-driving <laughs> office chairs, but it's well, an interesting concept. It is an interesting concept. And so what they've done is they've taken the same sort of concept because they've got cars now that park in parallel park themselves. Uh, and this uses a number of different cameras in the vehicle to calculate the parking, um, um, you know, um, math, if you will, and, uh, and then actually park that vehicle. So similarly, uh, cameras are mounted to the ceiling in an office space looking down and then looks at where the chairs maybe have been left after a boardroom meeting, all messy and whatnot. And then uh, literally um, motors in the chairs uh, are sent instructions from this brain that calculates the path for them to go back and park. Now, we should clarify, this is when you're not sitting in the chair, yes. right? Because <laughs> all that extra weight might put a little uh, too much pressure on that motor. But but it is an interesting concept. Yeah, I'm not too sure about what happens when you're in the chair. But this is uh, this is an innovation that uh, that is meant to sort of clean up the office workspace uh, when you're not in your seat. Now, if they can only make like uh, self-washing dishes in the in the, the dishwasher or something like that, that'd be uh, that'd be pretty cool as well. So um, let's talk about today's prize because it is connected to our to our to our guests coming up here shortly. Well, like you, like you mentioned, AJ, on the top of the show, I think a lot of people made some New Year's resolutions to to get fit, and I'm sure that people were buying wearables during the holidays and saying, "This is it. This is the year I'm going to get fit. I'm going to track all my activity." Well, we're going to give one from a company called. Meal Global. We're going to talk to them after the break, and we're giving away the Meal Fuse. This is something that I've been using for quite a while right now. I've been wondering what that was on your wrist. Oh, I, I'm, well, the funny thing is I always got things on my wrist yes. because I'm always comparing different activity monitors <laughs> to each other. But this is one of the most accurate when it comes to tracking your heart rate while you're working out. But it could also track, like other wearables, your steps, your calories, your distance, your pace, your goal progress throughout the day. And your sleep quality. And what I like about this, the Mio Fuse, uh, compared to other wearables, is the battery life lasts about five days. Mm. So most of these wearables, especially the smartwatches. Oh, yeah. You have to plug them every day. You know, we, yeah. we both charge our smartwatches at night. Yeah. So you can't really track your sleep, whereas this is kind of an all-encompassing, and you can charge it at your office when you're sitting down. But the five-day battery life is really, really important. And all you got to do is go to our website, 
getconnectedmedia.com. Click on the contest tab to enter and win the Mio Fuse. You got to check it out. It's one of the best wearables out there, especially if you want to track your heart rate while you're training. Very cool. Well, uh, coming up after the break, we're going to be talking to the folks at Mio Global about the new uh, wearable technology that they have and their claim to fame that they will actually increase the length of your life by simply wearing one of these and adapting to uh, the technology that's built into it. And then later on in the show, don't forget, we will go open line and take your questions and calls. Don't forget to visit our website where we have that contest going live right now. You're listening to Get Connected on the Chorus Radio Network, brought to you by our good friends at London Drugs. We'll be back after this. You're back with Get Connected. Thanks for joining us this week. Uh, we have an uh, uh, interesting guest on today from a Canadian company that has uh, entered the wearable market. Uh, it's called Meal Global. And um, without further ado, uh, welcome Liz Dickinson, the CEO of Meal Global. Thanks for joining us, Liz. Thanks, Andy. So uh, tell, us, um, uh, tell us a little bit about your, about your company. Well, we are really considered to be the creators of the first wearable technologies. We were the first to put heart rate sensing into a watch that worked without a chest strap that was using ECG technology back in the year 2000. And since then, we've added uh, amazing types of technology to our portfolio. Most recently, in 2013, we released the world's first continuous heart rate monitor that worked accurately without a chest strap. And this year at CES, we released a set of algorithms called personal activity intelligence, which are some really fantastic AI-based algorithms that can help people extend their life and protect them against cardiovascular disease. So not to go too far off topic, but you mentioned the chest strap, and that's something that I have known over the past few years, that you've mostly had to wear some sort of chest strap in order to keep that heart rate monitoring. What are the challenges to measuring that when it's, when it's on your wrist? Well, one of the biggest problems when it's on your wrist is that your wrist moves around and there's tendons and muscles and that creates interference, essentially noise that is uh, difficult to separate from the actual biometric signal that your heart generates. And so it's that challenge of getting a very good clean signal of the heart rate and then separating out any kind of ambient noise so you can get to a real number. Liz, I got a question for you. You know, most of these wearables, they're always saying that, you know, you should take at least 10,000 steps a day. But that's on a general sense. But everybody is different. Everybody has a different kind of uh, cardiovascular health. Uh, people are in all different shapes and sizes. So this new metric that you have, this uh, personalized activity intelligence, PI, uh, tell us a little bit more about that and why it's important. Well, you know, it's interesting because uh, there's been a lot of research on whether 10,000 steps actually has any real benefit to you physiologically. And there's lots of research to prove that there's really no correlation between improved fitness or health. The reason for that is the thing that's missing in the idea of 10,000 steps is intensity. So you actually need to engage your heart. You need to get your heart pumping higher than it normally would if you're just walking around in order to get some physiological benefit from your activity. So the 10,000 steps has been fantastic in the sense that it got people to actually just get off the couch if you're sedentary. And people are conscious about moving in a way that they were never conscious before about moving potentially. But for most of, most people who actually have really no problems moving, what you really need to do is get intensity into your activity. And that's why our PI, or personal activity intelligence algorithms, are so cool. 
But uh, the way the pie works is it comes on a score of like, what is it, zero to 100? Or how does that work from the individual user? What is your pie score and what does that mean to, to an individual? So pie is a set of algorithms that looks at you as an individual, your own physiology, your own fitness level, your own response to activity. And you install your Pi app on, on your phone and use your heart rate device, your Neo heart rate device, to um, uh, stream your heart rate as you're doing activity and exercise throughout the day to the app. Over the first seven days, the app will record your activity and it is cumulative. It's a sliding scale of seven days. So over the first seven days, it will accumulate your activity and the idea is to get up to 100 within the first seven days. Once you reach 100, the idea is to stay at 100. Every day as you do activity, you'll earn a few more pie points, but every day you actually lose pie points as well. So once you get to 100, you know you're optimally protected against cardiovascular disease. And our research, which has been exhausted, exhaustive over um, a period of 20 years, over 60,000 people, we found that people that keep their pie scores at 100 actually, on average, can extend their lifespans by a decade. That's pretty significant, very uh, incredible science. I have to say one thing I really like about this pie score is that you're measuring it over seven days because... Typically with the other wearables, you know, you, you get a good, say, workout, and then you, the next day you want to get the same workout, but you might miss a day. So with the pie score, if I understand it correctly, you can actually catch up because you, maybe you lost points one day, but you can catch up if you work out harder the next day so that over the course of the week, you can kind of keep your score at around 100. Is that really how it works? That's exactly how it works. In a way, it's like um, creating a bank account for activity. You can actually put deposits into the bank and draw down on them for a while. So if you know for a couple of days you're not going to be able to uh, do anything that raises your heart rate significantly, you can make sure that you're at a pie score, let's say, of 120 or 130, and you can let the pie disappear uh, until it gets back down to 100 or just down below 100, and you know that you have to then exercise to get it back up. And it's super motivational, too. I was at the TED conference all week, and I really didn't get a lot of that time to be active. Mm. Um, I had my pie score quite high before TED, and the second day in, it had dropped down to um, about 90. And I actually took the time in the morning to make sure that I did enough activity on the stationary bike just, be- just to get my pie up to 100, just so I knew that I was okay, that, that, up. that was the most activity I needed to do. That's very interesting. So, so um, let me ask you a question because uh, wearable technology has exploded, uh, you know, in the past year or two, and you guys have obviously been around much longer than that. So you're sort of coming into really your your time now. Uh, what? How do you feel about this sort of application specific, you know, you know, health uh, device versus the I read, I make my appointments, I speak on the phone, I get my you know emails and my text. To my, you know, like um, like smartwatches, like smartwatches. Are you are you thinking about moving into that space as well, or do you want to stay focused around fitness and health? You know, it's a really great question. We have a significant body of intellectual property that allows us to do a lot of really cool things beyond just measuring heart rate and uh, fitness and wellness. Um, our Pi algorithms are actually the first of. Um, a set of really cool AI-based algorithms 
that are predictive in nature, that can actually help people optimize their behavior based upon something that we're sensing about them from a biometric uh, position. So our IP can actually do things like measure chronic obstructive pulmonary disorder, um, also cardiac arrhythmias. And so it's very much stress levels, for example, or sleep or sleep apnea. We could actually utilize our devices to um, create a, a um, type 3 sleep device. Um, so it's it's really powerful. The kinds of IP that we can put into wearables, either on the wrist or in glasses or in your clothing or wherever on the body, the, the potential we have is is massive ahead of us. And it is really timely to be putting the power into the hands of the consumers about their health, to be able to control their health, and to be able to take control of um, knowing what they need to do to optimize their health, and then seek help and seek intervention before it becomes um, a clinical situation where they end up presenting at the emergency. So it's very much our intention. We're very excited about going in that direction. And what's even more interesting is with some of the initiatives that Google is doing, for example, launching balloons into the atmosphere that will be um, providing wireless connectivity to people all globally, you know, in, in developing countries that some people don't even have food where they have cell, cell phones. Hmm. Um, so to provide these people with connectivity and then to provide them with the tools that can now help them to understand behaviors that they need to undertake and actions they need to take to manage their health and improve their health and prevent them from, from um, uh, you know, needing to get into emergency situations. I mean, that, I think, is, is game-changing. It will change the world. Absolutely. They're predicting, you know, three to four billion more people will come online in the next five years. Absolutely. Well, you know, it's it's fantastic yeah. to hear, um, uh, you know, somebody speak so passionately, um, both about you know their company, but also about the the area they're working in. And I'm really glad that that we actually came across you to find out that you literally are are also our neighbor here in Vancouver. Uh, if people want to find out about Meal Global, where where can they get more information? Our website is probably the best place, MealGlobal.com. Um, if you search the net, you can find lots of information about us. Actually, we were just covered recently on the front page of the Wall Street Journal. Um, Wall Street Journal did an exhaustive study about our personal activity intelligence, and they concluded that it's really game-changing. Well, thank you so much to Liz Dickinson, CEO of Mio Global, who uh, came on to talk to us today. Uh, really interesting, uh, with the, and I'm really glad that they've actually offered us this prize on our website because now people can actually get an opportunity to try this out for free. Yes, we're giving away the Mio Fuse heart rate training monitor. All you have to do is go to our website, www.getconnectedmedia.com to enter and win. And it's the best heart rate tracking monitor that I've ever used. So you definitely want to go check it out or at least look at it on our website, getconnectedmedia.com. And when we come back from the break, we will go open line and take your questions and calls. Uh, If you're thinking about buying some new technology or if you're simply struggling in front of your computer right now with a tech question, give us a call across the country, 1-877-399-9898. And locally, if you're in Vancouver area, you can call us at 604-280-9898. Uh, Andy, one more time. We'll be back after this. You're back with Get Connected. AJ Vickery, Andy Barrar sitting in for Mike Agarbo this week. Uh, We are going open line right now. So if you have a question about buying advice or you got a technological problem sitting in front of the computer, give us a call. Across Canada, one 399 9898 Also locally 
at 604-280-9898. Susan. Hi. So you uh, you have a problem. Uh, yes. Yes, I have um, LG G4 uh, International phone. Oh, okay. And so I just upgraded to Marshmallow. Oh, good. Okay. Nice. Yeah. yeah. And um, there's been so many great things about it, and then all of a sudden my data stopped working after I upgraded. Oh. So so what you mean is that when you're out and about, you can't access the Internet. Is that correct? Uh, that's right. Uh, have you checked in the settings to see if your mobile data is, is enabled? You know, I think um, um, you know, one of the things. So, so it, was it an LG um, upgrade that they that they said was ready for Marshmallow on the uh, device? That's right. Yeah. yeah. I, you know what I would do is I would I would just double check um, uh, if you have access to a computer. I would just quickly Google um, for your particular carrier that you're using um, the, the the term APN. So, if you're using Telus, um, for example, or, or Rogers or Shaw, um, type in that name and then APN. Okay. Because what what you might need to do is you might actually need to um, add an APN in the settings of your phone. Now, if that's a bit more challenging that you want to try to take on, although I, you know, the fact that you did your own upgrade to your phone is indicates to us that you have some comfort around the tech. Um, sometimes what happens is the uh, the the APN uh, needs to be added in in order for the data and the text uh, messaging. Um, to work, you could also bring it into your carrier, and I'm sure that they could quickly uh, add that if it if it wasn't there. Oh, okay. But something to look at. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, thank you very much. You're welcome. Um, fun with the uh, fun um, with the marshmallow, the new operating system from Google for the Android phones, the latest version. Um, you know, speeds up a few things, uh, adds a little bit more connectivity. Yeah, it's. Um, I always look forward to uh, the upgrades, the OS upgrades, both on iOS and on uh, Android, because it kind of feels like your your birthday when you get all these new features. The cool thing about Marshmallow is that, and this was actually helping us a lot when we do reviews on on the show, because we use our personal phones. Yes. And it's always been hard because we'll be filming and then someone might text you and it's like, oh, yes. we have to do this again. In Marshmallow, you can create different user profiles. That is so cool. Yeah, and that's actually helped us a lot because we always use our phones. And, and these days, you get so many push notifications on Twitter, Facebook, or text messages, WhatsApp. Yeah. And it was so hard for us to, to film. So we, at one point, actually had to keep on phones on hand in studio sure. just, just for reviews and put our sims in so we didn't have that problem. But thanks to Marshmallow and the additional user profiles, we don't have to do that but, anymore. But even just for the average person, I think the thing I like about the uh, customization with these user profiles is that you can create like the holiday profile that puts all your sort of like maybe games or your, or your favorite news articles or anything like that on your front page. And then you can sort of have a business mode, which basically has your calculator or your, you know, your stock list and these kinds of things. So that kind of customization is pretty cool. Um, I also just give Susan a shout out as well. The G4, I had the phone, yeah. I demoed it, loved it. Amazing yeah. phone. Uh, good job to LG on on uh, on the LG G4 as well. Well, the Mobile World Conference is, is on right now, so they're making all the big announcements for, all, for the next generation of phones. So uh, it's all happening in Barcelona as we speak. Well, speaking of uh, upgrades to operating systems, we've also got a caller online, Cleo with Windows 10 question. Hi, Cleo. Uh, good morning. Uh, I um, my question is for Windows 10, and I understand that uh, uh, I run Vista, by the way, still. Oh, okay. And uh, I also use Microsoft Works as compared to Word. Okay. I understand that uh, Vista that uh, 10 will not support Works. Yeah, I think Works is actually a, a discontinued. Uh 
program on on Microsoft. I haven't seen or heard someone using it for a, for a long time. So before you make that upgrade, you might want to um, think about it twice to see if you if you need it and you use it all the time. You might have to uh, wait until. Microsoft makes announcements. From from my understanding, they're not supporting that program anymore. That's what I was told, and so uh, if, that, if that's correct, and it seems to be that way from what you say also. But uh, what uh, what would I need to work in uh, alternatively? I'm trying to sort of stay ahead of the game, and yeah. I'm fighting off uh, downloading Windows 10 as long as I can. You know. Sure. Sure. Well. Well. Um... You know, I mean, I guess if you if you do ultimately decide to to go to Windows 10, um, you know, there are a lot of very positive things that 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 I think come along with that, including um, the fact that you get um, it's free. You don't have to pay for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so but but, um, you know, obviously you might want to hold off from that if, if you're not comfortable with with uh, having to either purchase um, Microsoft Office, which they have now as a subscription based model. So you literally would get a, a cloud based account and you would rent your Word or your Excel or your PowerPoint on a monthly basis. Um, but, you know, a- apart from that, there are uh, other um replacements for microsoft works mm, uh that that's, might that's what i would like to know about. yeah and um you know i mean you know right out of the gate um you could if you set up a gmail account you have access to google's full um set of uh, productivity tools so they've got um the google docs and google sheets which is spreadsheets and they've got google slides which is like powerpoint so so again it's web-based but it is um a very powerful uh um, system for doing word processing and productivity applications as well. Mm-hmm. Well, more, mostly I'm concerned with uh, right now. Uh, I in the word processor Android, most of my stuff is in Works. So, will they be supporting Word? You know, with oh. Windows 10. Oh, cer- certainly so Word. So, would I? Uh, would it be wise to sort of start switching over to um, uh, to Word? The Word program, or or is there any other? I think Microsoft Word would be the best bet. The thing about uh, Microsoft Works, it was discontinued back in 2007. It actually was released in 1988, so it's about 28 years old uh, from that time. So Microsoft Word, like AJ said, the Office 365 subscription is something you might want to look into. You can pay on a monthly basis or on an annual basis, and it will do automatic updates so that you have the latest version of Words. Uh, as for if it will import Microsoft Works documents, that I don't know, but uh, I would look into that before you make the switch to Office 365. I will say that um, I recently upgraded a Windows 8 computer to Microsoft 10. Very simple process. It only took about 45 minutes, and I was really happy to to have that computer upgraded to the new, new version. So uh, we have to take another break. We are taking your questions and your calls. Uh, give us a call toll-free, 1-877-399-9898 or locally at 604-280-9898. We'll be back after this. You're back with Get Connected. We're changing up the music this week, <laughs> keeping things cool. Uh, we have uh, uh, that Windows has actually opened up a few questions for people, and it is a pretty big change going right now. Todd, uh, you have a question for us. Um, 
to your previous caller, caller, and they were saying that they had Vista and were considering Windows 10. Um, I've got two laptops and running Vista, and I was going to upgrade them to Windows 10. But everything I've researched on the on the net has told me that I'm going to have to pay for Windows 10, and I think it's about 180 dollars. Is, is that correct, or have you heard different? Well, when Microsoft first announced Windows 10, they said they're going to give it away for free for, I, I think it was like six months or up to a year. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that time is coming to expire, but I would probably bet the farm that they're not going to try to charge people for Windows 10 because if you look on the on the mobile side, you know, iOS, and they don't charge for their upgrades to their operating system, nor does Android for their upgrades on their software. So it doesn't really make sense for from Microsoft to to start charging their users to go to Windows 10 because what they said is this is really the last operating system. From there, you're not going to see a Windows 11 or Windows 12. You're just going to see updates to Windows 10. And so hmm. what, what they've been trying to do is uh, – show Windows 10 as a recommended update. And some people have, you know, just updating their, their computer, say if they're on Vista or Windows 7, they would click that and suddenly they're getting Windows 10. And so Microsoft is trying to clarify that, but they do want to migrate everyone to Windows 10 because it's really the last operating system. To your point about Windows Vista, I have to say that was probably one of the worst uh, operating systems released by Microsoft because it took so much um, processing power just to run the operating system. And that's why Vista wasn't on the market for very long. They came up with Windows 7 pretty quickly after that because they had a lot of things to fix on that. So before you make the upgrade, check the specs that you have, the RAM, the the uh, performance of your CPU, and to see if it's compatible with Windows 10 before making that jump. But to Microsoft's point, they said that most computers that are supporting Vista Windows 7, uh, Windows 8 should be able to take Windows 10 perfectly. But I do agree that um, the unsupported versions of Windows that did uh, originally, um, were, that were called into question with Vista and XP, I think there was a paid route, but I believe that has been removed. And I'll have to double check that um, um, as we go through the, the second break here. But Todd, I think, you're, I think you're, um, you should be good to go and you can take a look at it. Again, Andy makes a good point. Always check. It actually runs a check against your system anyway to, to tell you whether or not it thinks it's a good upgrade. Um, but this brings me to another point, which is that um, there's uh, uh, another option. You know, if you've got an old computer, uh, what some people have been doing is actually loading um, the, the Android operating system uh, on some of these old computers and, and turning them literally into Chromebooks. Yes, uh, it's an operating system that Google supports called Chromium. And basically, Imagine a computer where all you have is the Chrome browser, and that's really what it is. When we've done it on our show, you can go to our YouTube channel and, and watch a, a video that we did. We took an old laptop that you know was just collecting dust and put this new operating system, Chromium, on to just get the Chrome browser. And basically, we created a Chromebook, and you can buy these still right now like for – but uh, it's a great solution to bring back life on an old laptop. Yeah, I just think if you've got a a laptop that might not be suitable for Windows 10, uh, maybe, and you don't want to throw it out just yet, uh, that Chrome solution is is not a bad one. Uh, Sue. Hi there. Hi. Hi. I just wanted to ask a question. I've downloaded the Windows 10 platform on my Toshiba satellite. Okay. Um, but I'm unable to get Chrome to work properly on it anymore. What? And you don't want to use Edge? <laughs> well, I tried, and this is my problem with Edge. When I go on Edge, everything on the screen is blown up. And I've gone to reduce the font um, up in the upper right-hand corner, and it temporarily makes the web page normal. But every time I launch the Edge, um, everything is blown up. 
Right. You know what? It sounds to me like there there was a driver issue with this upgrade. So so this is still possible. Um, and that is, is that um, uh, when you put the Windows 10 on the existing machine, for the most part, it doesn't change a lot of the drivers because it sees that it will work with Windows. But what I have noticed is that if you uh, take the opportunity, if you have some comfort around this, and if not, maybe take it into one of the local computer stores. I know the guys at London Drugs are, are great for this. Um, get some of the and I know you don't want to invest a lot of money into this, but you want to upgrade some of these drivers. And, and this one sounds like it, the video card driver. Uh, you might want to look for one that is uh, more suitable uh, to work with Windows 10 or been upgraded. And, and if you actually go to Toshiba's website, they'll probably have some documentation in around um, the Windows 10 upgrade and some upgraded drivers that are available that might not have automatically taken place when you did that that free upgrade. Sorry, that's a bit of a technical answer, but but um, that sounds like what's going on there. What I would do is, if, if you're having issues with the Chrome browser, try try downloading Firefox first and see if you have any luck there. And then when you download Firefox, try to download Chrome from Firefox. Um, I haven't heard of that issue right now. I do recommend, like, you know, Edge is good. It's it's a good browser. It's way better than oh, Internet you need Explorer. Chrome, though. It's gotta work. Chrome's yeah. got to work on well, that. Well, let Windows me finish. Okay. It, um, <laughs> yeah, it's much better than Internet Explorer. But there's some geeky uh, blogs that I, I read yep. about performance tests on browsers. Yep. And still, Google Chrome is still the fastest. It's the cleanest. It has probably the, the best interface uh, out there. So I definitely recommend if, you're, if you have a Windows 10 machine, still download Google Chrome. Yeah, and, and it's supposed to work. So, so uh, stay on that one, Sue. When we come back, we're going to talk to Christina Stoyanova with the App of the Week. You're back with Get Connected, AJ Vickery, Andy Barrar this week, covering for Mike Agarbo, who is testing some cool tech out in the slopes of uh, the Canadian mountains. Uh, speaking of Canada, pretty cool prize we're giving away on our website this week. We're giving away the Meal Fuse uh, from a company called Meal Global that is a Canadian company. And this thing is pretty cool. You definitely want to go to our website to enter to win. Yeah, the Meal Fuse is, is a great, probably the best heart rate monitor on the market today. Not oh, only, that's a bold statement. Well, I've I've tried a lot of them. Yeah, there was that one. There was one time where I was on a treadmill and yeah. I had four different heart rate <laughs> monitors. There's some that you can put in your ears on headphones. Yeah, I had a chest strap. I had two on my wrist. Yeah, yeah. And I was just trying to see how they would compare with each other. Yeah. in real time, and the Mio Fuse and the Mio Alpha, which is their smartwatch version of the heart rate tracking. Yeah. Probably was doing the best and the most accurate uh, of all of them. So it's from your testing. Yeah. Well, the uh, you know it was interesting talking to Liz uh, because I've always known heart rates to be straps, and I've yep. always known that there's been a challenge with the ones on the wrist. But it was interesting because she has such a technical knowledge that she could explain that to us. But yeah, we're giving one of these away for free on our website, getconnectedmedia.com. Yeah, what she was talking about that whole personalized activity intelligence. It, it was an interesting concept because we all know what like IQ is, like intelligence. Yeah. Then there's like what they call emotional intelligence where yeah. you can tell if someone's having a bad day yeah now this is activity intelligence so it's really <laughs> like the intelligence of your body and how it responds to exercise and you know cardiovascular activity <laughs> because we're all different and i love the fact that their wearables are very personalized right to your individual bodies so that you can tell if you're if you're doing better than you did yesterday or if you need to pick up the pace for a week of tracking your activity so now i not only do i have to be worried about um socially my iq 
level, but I got to worry about my pie as well. <laughs> yes, your activity <laughs> intelligence, right? The way how smart your body is and responding to uh, to exercise. So I love the fact that they have that. And they said if you get a score of 100 and you maintain that, you can almost add 10 years to your life just by being active like that. It's not about the steps. It's about the intensity yeah. of your workouts. And, you know, I mean, the you know, I have the steps that's built into my phone, right? So when I'm walking, my phone is telling me sort of how many steps I'm taking. But that is so unreliable in, in terms of, I mean, it's pretty good, but it's no, nowhere near um, the, all the data that can be brought to you if you're wearing something that is measuring your heart measuring your steps, and that, that's their single application Well, focus. you know, Asia, you see like the Apple Watch, and I know even um, you know, Motorola comes out with the Moto360 Sport Watch, and they're trying to be everything, the yeah. all-encompassing where you get your notifications and your sport and activity levels. Yeah. But the thing about like, I like about Mio Global is they do one thing, and they do it really well, and that's on the fitness side. So you're not going to get notifications and text messages. You're just going to get great data on your activity levels. Well, if you want to learn more about technology, uh, you can wait for us to come back next week or go to our website, getconnectedmedia.com. There we have copies of the show, podcasts that you can download. We also have all of the video that we do where we review a lot of this technology right in our studios. But for this week, I want to thank all of you for listening. Thank you to Andy for hosting the show with me today. Thanks for Mark on the controls. And thanks to all of you for listening. Mike Agarbo will be back next week. That's Get Connected on the Chorus Radio Network. Brought to you by our good friends at London Drugs.